Let's be honest, realtors face an ever-changing industry. With emerging tech, growing trends, and a booming market, it's vital to keep up. Join me, Gilbert Gonzalez, CEO for the San Antonio Board of Realtors, as I get real with experts on what realtors need to know in this industry. It's time to get real. With us today is Mark Mansour, 2021 Chair of the National Association of Realtors Professional Standards Committee. With so many new agents joining the industry and multiple offers on homes, we want to talk about professionalism in the real estate industry and what that means. Mark, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. I really appreciate the ask and, and I'm more than happy to be here. You know, as the leader at the Professional Standards at the National Association, my first question out the gate is, what does professionalism look like for our industry? We talk about professionalism and how it relates to realtors. What would you say is professionalism defined? Professionalism defined, I'll, I'll get to, perhaps, how does professionalism relate to our industry even as of today? Um, you know, I teach some classes uh, here in, our, in, in, in my state and some continuing education classes, and, and of course, my bailiwick is the Code of Ethics. And then right there, the, the first thing that we talk about is their promise, a realtor's promise of professionalism. And, you know, let me, I, I want to, there is a difference between being a professional and then being a professional that shows professionalism. You know, we all have a license. We, we are all professionals. Um, the players at the, you know, it is my favorite team, and I'm not doing it just because you're, you're from San Antonio, but Texas Rangers are my favorite baseball team. And those are professional baseball players. Um, so, you know, the, the, the person that, uh, definitely works on my car, they're a professional. So we all, as in the real estate world, we have licenses, so we're professionals. We have to, though, rise above the word professional and show the professionalism. I always ask that question, uh, by the way, to uh, to the students um, and to the realtors themselves taking classes. I said, well, how, does, how do you interpret this word as it relates to our industry? And a lot of them will throw out, you know, one or two words, and, and uh, you hear professional appearance, reliable, professional language, clean car, uh, ethical behavior, organized accountable, um, positive attitude, high morals, honesty, and it, it, all of them are correct. All of them are correct, but it's not just one or two of them. It, it is the barrage of a bunch of them. Professionalism is the conduct. It's behavior and attitude of someone in a workplace or business, in the real estate profession, in that environment. It leads to workplace success. Professionalism, a strong professional reputation and a high level of work ethic and excellence. That is part of the professionalism. Um, again, we're all professionals. The actual definition of Gilbert of, of professionalism is the competence or skill expected of a professional. And there again, I go back to that word professional, but it is professionalism is the competence and skill or skill expected of a professional the key to quality and efficiency is professionalism. And it is a practice. It's practicing of an activity by a professional rather than amateur players. Um, and you could also throw in the definition of, of professionalism. It's, it, it is the trend towards professional 
alcoholism. So there is um, a lot of, uh, I don't want to say definitions, but interpretations of professionalism. And in our business, we have to, in the real estate business, being realtors, we have to show, exude professionalism. We have to rise above um, uh, other industries and show that. You know, when I first took Code of Ethics, way when I started in the association world, part of professionalism was defined, you know, you show up on time, you make sure your car is clean, and you're dressed a certain way. And now, over the last year, we've been discussing about professionalism is how the way you portray yourself out to the community, right? And, and, and the things that you post. So it's a lot. You just said so yourself. The definition is a lot. Is there a focus, a narrow scope that NAR is saying this right here is the most urgent and this particular focus is what we're going to take on right now? The business of real estate has changed dramatically. You know that. It's been, it, it very dramatically since you uh, have been in the business. I've been in the business since 1999. Um, we've all had our orientations. We've had the code of ethics training uh, You know, every four years, every two years, back to every three years. Um, but the code has served as a, as a steadfast reminder of the duties that realtors have to clients, customers, the public, and even to each other. So as it evolves, especially in today's driven world, uh, realtors do have that guide that spells out what's right and what's wrong when it comes to social media, listing displays, data privacy, copyright protection, and other quickly changing issues. And because of that, the, stand, the uh, NAR's Professional Standards Committee is on top of that every year and changes it. And just, for example, uh, last year, the, the monumental change of the standard of practice or the addition of standard of practice 10.5 under Article 10 um, specifically states about the social media platform and what, what, is, what has happened and what now is a, is um, something that we have to abide by in our code of ethics with that change. You know, one of the big projects that NAR rolled out a couple of years ago was C2EX. Have y'all seen the positive effects that you were hoping for by taking that on? Yes, yes. I mean, um, C2EX is your promise of professionalism. It was, uh, it has received great adoption. There's 81,000 members so far that have enrolled. Um, the, this November will be the three year anniversary of the C2EX rollout and it's growing every day, uh, with new users and new, um, completions of the C2EX program. It's about 1% week over week increase in endorsements. And right now, they're at about 13,000 uh, realtor endorsements. Some brokerages have implemented, um, some major franchise brokerages have implemented C2EX into their programs, their training programs. Um, and uh, the C2EX program has shown that some uh, brokers have had reduction in their E&O costs, uh, in their E&O insurance costs as a result of a, even everyone in the office earning that. Um, endorsement. That's fantastic. And um, cost saving as, as a broker has got to be a great reason why to participate in that program. Uh, it, it is very, and, and here's the, 
great thing. Uh, it's free. Um, you know, at uh, nar.realtor. I mean, you can you can log on. There's no cost to take it, and that, that that's the beauty that NAR um, rolled out three years ago, and, and they continue to update it. Um, and you know, they have a committee for that, and so they're definitely working. So, you know, after three years, November comes three years. If it wasn't working, it wouldn't be here. But it's there. It's on um, nar.realtor, C2EX, if any of your members, uh, you know, need to get on there and, and just at least sign up and, and start going through it. Um, it's incredible. So one of the pressure points for this market is, in fact, the limited housing and the multiple offers. And that is causing a lot of pressure all around. Um, I know I talked to my members and they're just they're they're tired right because it causes so much stress on on this situation what are some things that realtors can do in these situations with regards to professionalism to help keep making progress remain calm you know that like you said people are tired agents are tired it's it's a it's a race um you have people staring at the at, at the uh MLS uh, 24-hour hot market button every day. Remain calm. Remember what you learned. This is no different and you, it, than how you list and sell prior to this shortage. Explain. And one thing that I always, you know, best practice in what I do is I tell, I tell the agents, remember, we are in charge of the process. The clients, the seller and the buyers are in charge of the decisions. And you have to remember not to go crazy and pull your hair out. Yes, do that privately in the office. Do that privately at home. <laughs> don't, but don't show that to your clients. It is crazy. Um, you know, one, one, one thing, um, that uh, we all, we always talk about in this market is, Explain to your clients, whether the buyer or the seller, what is going to happen before it happens. You explain that. You, you know, you get them to understand here are the great things that can happen. Here are the nightmares. Then when we're ready and that house does hit the market and your buyer is ready to go and it's a frenzy, still remain calm. They understand what's going to happen if you explain it. And hopefully it'll be smooth. And then be nice to each other, especially among the, your peers, other realtors. And that's where I'm seeing a little bit, because we've always, in our area, uh, uh, Gilbert, it's, it's always been a, uh, we've had plenty of inventory. So it's really been, our absorption rate has been pretty high. Our inventory has been high. So this is some of the first time in, in my 23 years, 22 years, that we've experienced this type of shortage of inventory, and I'm kind of noticing the frustration among each other, and and that's where we have to stop, calm down, and remember there are peers. You know, we have to help each other. Cooperation is huge uh, right now. So, you know, if if anything, remain calm. Remember, the client is the one. The clients are the ones that are in charge of the decisions. We are in charge of the process. And we have to be and show professionalism in that realm of our inventory being this low. And I think you mentioned it 
very well, which is we often think of professionalism as the way we portray ourselves out to the community. But now more than ever, I think there's a certain need for professionalism on the way realtors are treating each other, which is equally a part of the code of ethics. Correct. Correct. I mean, it, it, uh, uh, you know, respect for your peers. Um, you know, you've got, uh, article 15, article 16, article 17, um, talks in, in the code, uh, talks about, uh, how you treat each other and what not to do and what you can't do. And even though it's times like this and, and the busiest time is our president, Charlie Oppler, uh, stated uh, three or four months ago, it's, it's one of the lowest inventory across the country. So we have to remember to respect each other, show professionalism towards each other, and then it'll it, it'll come back to us and, and it'll be okay, but we just need to calm. You know, one of the things that I've heard a lot about, and I'd be curious to know if NAR has taken a position, will take a position, or their thoughts are, is letters to sellers. Um, buyers are trying to get every advantage they can to, uh, uh, you know, get that offer and, and, you know, get that house and, uh, stand out amongst others. And it's kind of creating some problems. What's NAR's position? Um, it is a hot topic. I will tell you that. And I, and I want your members to know that, uh, NAR is planning to do a window to the law in August. On these letters, love, I call them love letters. Some people just say the, the, the buyer's letters. So um, be on the lookout uh, for that window to the law section on nar.realtor about that. Um, NAR advises, and, and this is this is I received this from um, uh, legal counsel um, Katie Johnson. It's NAR advises to the members in every state to be aware of the potential risks involved in practice of using buyer letters. Um, even though we don't have any instances in which these letters have led to lawsuits or legal action of elsewhere in the country, they continue to stress that all parties in a real estate transaction should consider only legitimate, non-discriminatory criteria when making business decisions as failing to do so, though, could leave realtors in a comprised uh, position, compromised position. Um, and we also recommend to the members to explain potential pitfalls to their clients while stressing the importance of sticking to the objective criteria to adhere to federal and state fair housing laws. And again, to be clear, Writing and sending a love letter to a seller is not per se illegal, except though, I, I will update you here, in Oregon, they just passed a ban on love letters this week. I didn't know if you knew that. So, um, you know, fair housing laws all are about selling real estate to anyone who is required or who is qualified regardless of an individual's inclusion in any of the protected classes. So, again, um, there's one thing for a buyer to say that they, you know, how much they love the property, the location, the style, the historic character of the home, but then most of the letters will get more personal, and that that's where uh, the 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 warning, the the heat comes, because you know you can see in, in examples, 
uh, just of a letter. I can see our family celebrating Christmas here. My wife and I would love to raise our family in this house. I finally found a home that can accommodate my wheelchair after months of looking. Um, you know, we want to send our children to the, to the best school. So, you know, it, just it, be careful um, on the letters. Uh, NAR stance is to make sure you um, explain the pitfalls that could happen with those letters, if that makes sense. But definitely uh, let's keep an eye out for that window to the law in August to, for better explanation. You know, you you give me a perfect um, thought, which is I know when my neighbor was moving and they said, you know, no, no, we're going to pick the perfect neighbor to move into this neighborhood. That is completely an inappropriate thing to say. You should pick the offer that's best for you. It has nothing to do with interviewing a, who my neighbor is and do they fit into the quality of this neighborhood. So I don't know if people think about it that way, but that is definitely something we will keep an eye out for. Um, as NAR's legal department puts that education out. So I know you're working towards NAR annual conference, um, and there's a lot of work going into. Is there any best practices, focuses that you think that we're going to hear about at NAR conference? Uh, there definitely will be some um, uh, things that will come out of the NAR conference as far as be best practices uh, in, in our world today. Some of the things I do want to remember, remind everyone is back in the early 2000s, NAR created what's called a Pathways to Professionalism. It was more of an etiquette uh, and professional a document that, that we would try to do as far as best practices. It does need some updating um, for, for the change in technology. Uh, I will tell you that is on the radar of the Professional Standards Committee to um, put a group together to do some updating, but, you know, just some best practices. Remember, follow the golden rule. Uh, that, that's in our preamble uh, to the Code of Ethics. Um, you know, call if you're going to be delayed, if you have to cancel a showing. Um, uh, encourage the clients of other brokers to direct questions to their agent or representative. Um, be aware of and respect cultural differences. Um, respond to other agents, uh, calls, texts, emails, promptly and courteous, courteously. Um, show courtesy, trust, and respect to other real estate professionals. Um, to be successful in this business, mutual respect is essential. And, you know, real estate is a reputation business. What you do today may affect your reputation and business for years to come, and, you know, these are just some of uh, the best practices um, that uh, the etiquette that NAR has out there for you. Um, one thing, remember, always listen to your broker. Your broker is king or queen. Um, so uh, there, there, there will be some exciting things coming in November in San Diego. Um, and, you know, with the last year uh, virtual meetings, um, I do believe that the uh, conference could will also be available virtually. So, you know, if you cannot make it there. You know, Mark, as we wrap up, um, is there any last things you would tell all of our members who are listening about professionalism and what you would recommend um, during this year? One thing I would recommend is it's the classic 
concept of living above the line. And, and I don't know if you've ever, ever seen that where you're a victim or you an owner. And in professionalism with the real estate world, some keys to professionalism are realtors who respond to circumstances and take action. They don't show fear. They don't procrastinate. They face what's real and true and, and they don't hide behind excuses and blame and very much blame, always blaming someone else or they live in denial. Um, a realtor, they're accountable for the results that are in their world and they don't deny that they're responsible for their world. Showing professionalism is someone who chooses to and not that they must. They replace fear with action and does not freeze in fear. They ask why not, not just why. We've been visiting with Mark Mansour, 2021 Chair of the National Association of Realtors Professional Standards Committee. We appreciate all your hard work as your leadership and for all the hard work that NAR over the last hundred years has done to elevate the profession. Thanks for listening to Get Real. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes and share us with your friends on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. More information on this episode can be found at sabor.com slash get real. Until next time.